Welcome to the TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. It has been a few months as I've moved to relaunching TV Central. I hope you're enjoying it. Joining me today is not just a chef, but a television judge, presenter, cookbook author, corporate speaker, restaurant owner, Porktober host, and now fronting the worldwide smash hit format, Kitchen Nightmares for Australia. It's Colin Fasnage. Thanks for joining me, Colin. Oh, yeah, I sound, I sound quite busy there, don't I? What's going on? <laughs> Very busy. Uh, look, we'll obviously start with Kitchen Nightmares, uh, Wednesdays at 7.30pm on 7 and 7 plus, of course. It's a worldwide format, uh, was very popular in the US and UK. Reruns are still airing on 7 Flicks on Tuesday nights as well. It's, it's one thing to host a new format, but is there pressure in hosting a series that has mass appeal and is fronted by the likes of Gordon Ramsay? Yeah, look, when I was offered it and they were like, it's Kitchen Nightmares, I was like, oh, shit, like, we've got to, we've got to, you know, we'll have to, to, to carry the name. But then I said, you know what, mate, I'm, I'm just a year away from 50 and I've spent all this time working out who I am. I don't really need to be Gordon. And I grew up watching the uh, the English version of Kitchen Nightmares, which I loved. And the American version, I, I think, is crap because... It's just all about screaming and shouting and feeding Americans what they want to see on crap TV. So I said, if, if we, I'll hold it back. If we want to, um, if I said, if we are going to do it, we've got to do it with a lot more hearts because I've got restaurants. And what's different to us is compared to their version is we've got a very Australian story, which is we've had fires, floods, droughts. Everyone's had COVID. So there's no point in going in and demeaning people just for television. Because I, I'm not really into that, you know. Uh, obviously, it's fair and but fair, but there's a lot of heart in this show. And I think that shows. Um, so that, that was my sort of stipulation that we did it, but not like they do it. And ours is better. So there you go. Of course it is. <laughs> I, I watched the, uh, the first two episodes and it almost feels like they, you know, they need a Dr. Phil rather than yourself. I mean, the menu changes and the decorative aspects of the restaurant themselves almost seems easy compared to the absolute, I don't know, delusion these people are living under. Um, do you, did you go into this knowing that the hardest part would be the, the attitudes and the delusional thinking and people stuck in their ways and not learning from their mistakes? I, I've worked in restaurants for over 30 years and I know, especially chefs with egos, hello, uh, <laughs> and, and just the way restaurateurs are that they get stuck stuck sort of in this in this hole uh, and the tunnel vision and a lot of them are very hard to change as much as they say they might want help some of them are very resistant but I sort of helped them out with that a little bit in my own way <laughs> <laughs> look obviously I'm, I'm not a chef to, a chef and know nothing about cooking except for what you'll do well on this cooking show then. Shows. <laughs> yeah probably look in the first episode you went to Mama Joe's look again I'm not an expert but that Elvis burger made with I think it was peanut butter and banana banana yeah yeah it, it just looked rank i mean i wasn't it wasn't even just the ingredients but just the look of it i mean how can someone be a restaurant business owner um and even think about serving something like that well the problem was mama joe's wasn't very busy and i think they thought they were sort of being a bit quirky but there was no one there to tell them how crap it was because it was empty um so sometimes you think you're on on the right trajectory but you're way off and uh yeah mama mama joe's when she's a special little cat isn't she she's just 
She's a little fireball. She's I, I quite I like her. Like I I'd go for a beer with Mama Joe. Well, she'd probably drink me under the table. But like, uh, she 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 kicked me out at uh, the first step. So yeah, it was good. <laughs> In terms of the the business ownership, I guess part of it. I mean, she wanted to help the people that were working for her. You know, give everyone a job. But I mean, she had what was it, six or eight staff members in there. I mean, how was anyone benefiting from, you know, from basically getting into debt? And she wasn't even paying some of them, like because yeah. she was getting behind. I mean, there was eight staff. There was no one in the joints. And then when they did get an order on, they did, they couldn't even do it properly. So that's sort of a little bit of not like you get itchy. Like you imagine someone doing your job that you've done all your life, and you watch them do it so badly, you get a little bit itchy watching it. A quick mention of the second episode. I want people to watch, not give too much away. But uh, one thing was, th- this was the Guru Life one. Um, <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. The couple, are, like, are literally moments away from losing their house. And this guy does not even think about greeting people at the door. I mean, he uses buzzers for people to collect their food. Um, and the waffles were out of a packet. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not a chef or a restaurant owner, but surely this is restaurant 101 type things. I mean, am I missing something? It is. And like another, another, uh, exactly the same, Johnny and his wife, like great people. Like none of these people are actually bad people, but they've just sort of lost their way. And, and we're in a, an industry called hospitality and it's called hospitality for a reason. You greet people, you say hello to people, you're warm, you're friendly. It's not Karen's diner we're in here. You know what I mean? Um, it's about making people feel welcome. And a lot of these people uh, didn't get the memo. <laughs> um, there, there's about six restaurants that you visited in the series. Um, you've left all of them now, obviously, and, and they're looking after themselves. Is, is there any out of the six that you feel that you really had some influence in there and they're actually going to go really well now? Or maybe all of them? Well, I'll tell you now, one's closed down already. That's how oh. bad it's got. One's gone. Um one, I really didn't give a shit if he if he made it or not because he just wound me up so much, and I was ready to leave after this. Am I allowed to swear on this? By the way, absolutely. <laughs> and well, that's because that's the, sort of the premise of the show with me in it. Um, and then one, I just was like, mate, you, you don't really deserve my help, and you know, well, you'll see all this. I'm not going to say who it is. You'll work it out. And and then the others, yeah, we all helped. They had it great. The menu was amazing. Like it's very at the start, they're very they love you when they see you when they come in. Oh, it's calling off the TV off MKR, and then I start going to town, like just telling them the truths. They're like, Oh my god, how do we get this guy out of here? And then by the end, they are best friends, they're hugging you like with tears of joy, which was it's quite nice to do a show like that. Yeah, hey, speaking of the, the swearing, um, viewers can can watch the um censored version on seven or they can actually watch the uncensored version on seven plus now i watched the uncensored version oh did you and the <laughs> f-bomb dropped i actually counted it was at nine hundred and thirty-seven thousand times yeah, yeah. That, that... or if you if you read the daily mail uh they put an article out and said it was like 50 times in and out mate they can't even write never mind count I just wanted to ask, like, do you actually swear a lot? Um, or do you, do you yes. know if, if Gordon Ramsay swears a lot? Or is this a little oh. bit of emphasis, you know, for the gravity of the situation that you're in? No, I'd, I think if you watch it, like, you will see some stuff that's absolutely wrong town. And the first word that pops into your head is the F word, right? <laughs> and it's not done for TV. 
because I'm a chef and if I see like rot like put it this way, you come to a restaurant, someone gives you an oyster from the freezer, they've defrosted it in dirty water in a sink next to a dirty tea towel and a plaster. Like what are you gonna say? Thanks very much. <laughs> like yeah. I'm a chef. Chefs swear quite a lot, especially when you're given stuff that will probably make you lose about three kilos after you eat it. <laughs> I don't swear very much at all, but I, I can actually imagine that when you see something like the chips in Mama Joe's thing and that oil, I, I certainly yeah. thought, holy fuck. But a, a, mean, a, lot of, a lot of it is, is out of annoyance as well. Like, because we, I work in a world where we do our best. Like, you don't always get it right. Everyone makes mistakes, but restaurant, a lot of the go, everyone I hang around with does their best and has great hygiene standards and appreciation for what you're putting on the plate for the customer. You're not trying to rip people off. And when you see people who just don't give a shit about what they're giving people or if they're going to make them sick, like it actually makes you quite angry. I bet. Hey, let, let's go on to something else now. I'm telling you about your new restaurant um, or, or pub, um, maybe rightly so, um, and, and Porktober that's, uh, that's coming up. October. Yeah, so we've got a little pub, just a little old pub. That's a, a Banksy Hotel. So then we thought, why, why don't we take that to the city? And we took over the old Tattersalls Club in Casa Ray Street. So we've got a whole floor with a balcony. It's a great room. And uh, we sort of did that sort of food. It's sort of middle of the road, good, good bistro food. And it's actually packed. I was actually quite worried about um, like going into the city. You hear everyone's quiet. They're not back at work. But it's actually doing great guns and it's busy. Uh, yeah, we've got a little thing called Pork Porktober where you've got a whole pork menu with beer and wine. Oh, um, but it's it's going very well. We're very happy with it. And the food's amazing. But, you know, I, got I great hear, chefs. I hear a rumour that Gordon Ramsay might be coming to do a special Kitchen Nightmares episode in your thing. So he'll be going through every little aspect of your of your business. <laughs> yeah, well, he better have his Weetabix. He better be on form because I'm well able. <laughs> If people are interested um, to know more about that, you can go to buyfastenage.com as well. Um, you've also yeah. got the Bankshire Hotel in Sydney. Um, tell me about that and, and what, the kind of feel that that, that has. So we, we had the Four in Hand Hotel years ago, which was like in, in the top 100 of, of restaurants in Australia. And it was just a pub. Uh, and when it sold, we were like, how about we can... Because the whole part of it was it was, an old, it was an old crap pub that we made great. So we said, how about we find another old crap pub and see if we can make it great so we found the Banksy Hotel and just did a minimal fit out it's just a local pub like it's got your your Kino in the corner and everything but uh, we all the food we make from scratch and it's great great local area lots of families come in uh, lots of repeat business and it's just a little pub uh, that shows people that you don't need a million dollar fit out you don't need to talk down to people and it's just a great local pub with great food yeah, and I was looking at the menu too, and if people are thinking, you know, it's Colin Fastenage's thing, so it's probably higher price, like Gordon Ramsay's, uh, one, one of his restaurants in Vegas, I mean, it's like $70 for a steak, but yeah. I mean, I looked at your menu there, like, for example, the, the house-made uh, buttermilk chicken schnitzel, I think it's about $22, so I yeah. mean, that's cheaper than my local for sure, so. And yeah. it's better than your local because my schnitzel has like nine different types of crumb in there, it's got oh. oats. Uh, so you know what I mean? It's it's a lot of love has got into it. I'm not just saying this. Next time I'm in Sydney, I'm definitely stopping in. That, that sounds absolutely beautiful. Um, 
I'm just wondering, how often are you actually in the in the kitchen these days? Or like still out the back and then and then just do it, doing the orders, or have you sort of moved? No, no, I'm not doing the orders. I've got to pay people to do the orders. Yeah, Look, I, I I'm I'm around. I'm not in there cooking. I never said to anyone I'm in. I'm 50 now. I'm not standing in there cooking. Do you know what I was doing last week? I was mopping the toilets. Because I was like, well, no, that's not gross. But I was just like, before the next service, I'm like, it's got to smell nice. It's got to, I was fixing the lights. I was doing the flower arranging. Like, there's a lot more goes into restaurants. And I've got a great crew of being with me for years. So I'm in there and, you know, I'm in there tasting food and doing stuff. But like, I, I physically don't have to be in there every hour of the day, which is a very lucky position to be in in, in my stage of life as a chef. I mentioned in the intro all the stuff that you've done. Is is there anything left to do? Is there is there anything else you could do in the food world? Uh, yeah, there's always stuff. Like we're we're opening a few more venues with with the uh, the bypass and Casa Rice. So there's a few more of them coming up. A few little interesting things. A few more bars coming up. So get ready. Absolutely. Look, you're, you're Dublin born, and and I apologise for being naive in this. When I think of Irish food, I think of stews and potatoes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's more to Irish food than than potatoes. So can you tell me, like, what cuisine or flavours and, and what typical Irish meal might be? Uh, well, obviously, stew and potatoes is something I I grew up with, but I was just there a few weeks ago, and um, what's happened is a lot of Irish chefs have gone away and come back, unlike me. So you think of the Nordic cuisine where they're very proud of local ingredients, local herbs, lo- local meat. And it's very light, I think, the cookery now. So it's evolved. Like, I think travel had a lot to do with it and people traveling over abroad. So Irish chefs coming back and being very proud of their of their island. So that's what it feels like at the moment. Great seafood, great seafood and great dairy. And what would you say about Australian food? Because when people think about Australian cuisine, like when I think it's typical Australian, the only th- things I can think of is a barbie. Veggie night, yeah. and and I thought a lamington, but I've been corrected, and that's actually from New Zealand. What yeah. what, what exactly is Australian food, or do you not know either? I think was Australian food from working in kitchens over here, and you've got every nationality in your kitchen, down to your kitchen hand who washes the pots, who sometimes will make a dish, and you're like, wow, um, what is that dish, and uh, how do I how do I steal it? So I think it's a it's a melting pot of different cultures and ingredients and i think it's a great way to be yeah that's that's what i think australian food is is, is there um a life outside the cooking world like what do you like doing in your spare time that's, that's i've got a dog i suggest you get a dog you oh, do you one. do yeah long walks with the dog you tell them all your problems the dog knows where the bodies are buried <laughs> uh i do a lot of swimming i live near a beach even in the winter i'm in the sea um uh motorbikes and then I've got kids, so that sort of takes up all your time. Let's quickly go back to to kitchen nightmares. Um, what do you hope the audience take away from the show? I mean, for me, there's I learned so much about obviously customer service about why chips yep. sometimes sometimes taste funny, obviously because they're not changing the oil, um, and and things to look out for that makes a good restaurant. Or are we just learning that some people are just delusional? I think you'll you'll work out. Um, that when you find a good restaurant, you you go back and you revisit them because it's not as easy as everyone thinks. It's a hard business to be in and there's a lot of delusional people out there. So when you find someone who loves hospitality and is a great cook, you stick by them because there's a lot of shit out there and you don't need to pay for it. <laughs> hmm. 
All right, three quick questions, Colin. These are these are hard hitting the, the important questions of life. Here we go. go. Are you offended if you make the perfect steak and someone covers it completely in tomato sauce? Well, years ago I would have when I was an angry little chef. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Everyone's money is the same these days. So and times are tough. So you buy it, you do what you want with it. You're a well-awarded uh, superstar chef, so you can uh, finish this debate. Does pineapple have a rightful place at a pizza? 100%. 100%. I get it. I get a Hawaiian every Friday, as long as other stuff, but I always get in Hawaiian. Sweet and sour, beautiful. All right. And the last one, is it better to put um, dressing or tomato sauce over the fries or is dressing only allowed on the side and you use the chips to, to oh. dip in? I put curry sauce on my fries. Curry sauce and malt vinegar. End of story. Fastage wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read an article about Gordon Ramsay actually cancelling his version of Kitchen Nightmares simply because of the fact that he was, I think he was just going to snap basically because he was just just fed up with some of the some of the delusional people. And you've mentioned that about here. Um, can you obviously can you relate to Gordon? I mean, of the reason why he ended up cancelling his own show. I, I reckon he just cancelled because he's got too much cash now. He's loaded. He doesn't need to do it. <laughs> but um, he did a lot of series. Like the English one was the I thought was the best. Yeah. And then the American one just kept dragging on. But, and, you know, listening to American people all day and just talk about crap food, like that would just drain me. <laughs> you, you couldn't keep him away anyway. He came back a couple of years later and then 24 hours to, to Helen back, which was yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly, fairly much the same. I enjoyed that well, series. Hopefully we'll be back next year with another series. All right, final question. What's what's next for you, Colin? Um, Kitchen Nightmares is wrapped. Um, so just back to focusing on on your your pubs. Yeah, pubs, and I think I'm doing a little show in New Zealand, which we're still working out in January, February. Uh, I, we're going to open another sort of um, American bar thing with our with our guys we're working with now. Uh, yeah, and a few more other little projects next year. Hopefully, there's no pandemics. We should be fine. Oh, can't guarantee that at all. <laughs> um, Colin, I, I do appreciate your time. I genuinely love Kitchen Nightmares. I'm not sure if it was mainly for your improved dishes that you made, but uh, the delusion of the of the human that has no idea how to cook or run a restaurant is truly fascinating. Um, thank it you. was my Irish humour. That's what it was. <laughs> Absolutely. And the motorbike, uh, the motorbikes yeah. as well. Thanks for joining oh, me, Colin. Thank you, mate. That was Colin Passage. Um, that's it for this one-on-one -on -one podcast. Thanks for listening. More podcast news and exclusives at tvcentral.com.au. Until next time, I'm Aaron Ryan, and bye for now.